Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. This week, we're talking movie stars, specifically three big movie stars, and I have with me, once again, welcome to have back on the podcast, Film Inquiry staff writer, Emily Wheeler. Emily, welcome once again for your, I believe, second appearance on on the latest. Yes, this would be my second time. I came back for more. Yes. Um, Emily, we have a lot to get through this week, but um, I think we mainly wanted to spend some time talking about uh, new movies because it's kind of summer movie season and we kind of have two new summer movies. Um, For those that are hoping, Emily and I are going to do a ranking of the best kills from the new Saw movie. Um, Sorry, but neither of us have seen that, so we're not talking about that this week. Um, We will be talking about uh, the other kind of big release of the weekend, which was Those Who Wish Me Dead, a new action movie starring Angelina Jolie and directed and I think at least partially written by Taylor Sheridan. Um, And we also really, really need to talk about Woman in the Window, this... A uh, thriller starring Amy Adams, along with a slew of other really famous people and directed by Joe Wright that kind of gotten, um, what's the word, Emily? Dumped? Buried? Kind of just like hidden on Netflix this weekend? It, it was it was definitely one of the movies that, you know, Fox made, then Disney bought them, and Disney was like, no, we don't want this. And I don't think Fox wanted it either once they saw the end product. So, and yes, I they dumped hunch, it. I have a hunch uh, Netflix wasn't that keen to have it either. But, um, you know, and I think if we get some time later, I know you and I have both been watching Mayor of Easttown on HBO and uh, really wanted a chance to talk about that. So, I, I don't know, where, where should we begin? Do you want to first, since we kind of already hinted at a woman in the window, should we... Should we unpack this kind of a hot mess right here sure why not i mean uh it's it's we're definitely not coming in with a hot take that this didn't turn out too well i think no, uh, i don't it, think so <laughs> yeah people were already this is one of those movies that people were already piling on before anyone saw it they were just like nope this 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 smells bad it's gonna be a stinker yeah, I I was talking with someone earlier tonight and who had seen it as well, and they they had no idea um, about the movie. They were just like, "Oh, this new thriller with Amy Adams," and they checked it out. And I was like, I, I had to explain to them kind of the the years of lead up to this, um, which I guess for our listeners, kind of context. Um, so basically, this is uh, a film that was, as you said, developed under 20th Century Fox. It's based off of a best-selling novel of the same name. However, I I don't know about you, so I have not read the book, but I have heard from several people this past weekend and seen a lot of reactions online that the book is also really, really bad. And in some ways, this may be a, 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 an example of uh, no matter how hard you try, a, a polished turd is still a turd. So, um, Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Uh... This is a uh, kind of mystery thriller movie, perhaps just to give a little more context. There's the the basic premise is that Amy Adams is this uh, agoraphobic woman who thinks she sees her new neighbors across the street uh, murder, like the husband murders the wife, and then she starts calling the police and she starts getting paranoid. And of course it devolves into, is she seeing any of this uh, at all or is it all in her head? Uh, so 
you have a very basic mystery with that setup. And I'm not hearing anything that's saying like, oh, they did a different ending than the book. So I assume it's basically how the book, you know, happened. There's not a lot of leeway there to get creative with it. I've I've heard a lot of the kind of like big quote unquote twists um, are are pretty similar to the book. Although, uh, you know, kind of getting back to sort of like the lead up to how we got here. So obviously like 20th Century Fox, I believe was going to release this movie in 2019. And then Disney bought Fox that sort of delayed those plans. We did get a trailer in 2019 and it was supposed to come out last year and the pandemic obviously happened. And then this gets pushed back again in this sort of years time span between that, the pandemic. And now there is all of these reports through the trades that the movie is, is kind of a disaster and that there are test screenings in which like audiences hate it. Um, There are extensive rewrites. I believe they bring on famed Hollywood fixer, Tony Gilroy to fix issues in the script and oversee reshoots kind of take over the project from Joe Wright. And they show more test screenings. Audiences still don't like it. And then Disney just decides to cut their losses and sells the movie to Netflix and I don't know about like when you fired it up this weekend, but I had to like really, really search for this on Netflix. So that's why I was even at the beginning, like, I kind of don't think Netflix is even like, I think Netflix kind of knows what they have on their hands as well. Cause I had to like put the entire title of the movie into my search bar on Netflix before it even like popped up. And even then it was like the fifth thing down. (laughs) Really? Cause mine popped up really easy. It was the big big banner one for me. But again, I think those are really influenced by like the algorithms of what you have watched before. And I, I'm a big, like I'm a big like murder mystery type person. I love watching anything with ABM. So it, it probably would good or bad end up really high on my algorithm. Yeah, and obviously, like you said, the, you, you kind of gave, a, I think, a great sort of um, brief description of the movie. This is very evocative of, you know, Rear Window and a lot of Alfred Hitch. I mean, Rear Window to the point that one of the movie's opening shots is a still freeze frame from the movie Rear Window. And that this movie is calling attention to itself. It, it's It's influences of kind of great murder mystery movies i even saw a couple people point out um gary oldman plays the suspected husband across the street and is styled exactly the same way as the killer in rear window i don't know when's the last time you've seen that but that as soon as i saw someone mention that online i was like oh wow wow (laughs) just the gumption on this movie but um what what were kind of your thoughts after watching it? Because I, I, I after watching it, I was kind of like, I, I think the first 15 minutes or so that I was watching it, kind of the first act, I was like, all right. I like th- this movie is clearly, I don't think going to live up to the, the, the sort of high, high bar it has set for itself so early on, but um, I, I, I kind of was vibing with it. And then I, I don't know when it was at a certain point, I think things just started clicking together for me. And I was like, I knew exactly where this movie is heading and every big reveal. I was just sort of like, 
they're not going to go for it, are they? And then they went for it, and I, I, I like exploded in laughter with every like big reveal in this movie, and kind of buried my face in my hands. Was just like, no, no, I can't believe you like actually went there. Uh, you know, um, as much as we're saying that you know everyone's kind of dogpiling on this movie really early and has continued to since it came out, um, I- I'm perhaps not as down on it as other people are. I'm certainly not okay. saying it's a good movie. I think it was a uh, it was a near miss. I can see what they're going for. I mean, mm-hmm. clearly Joe Wright is a great filmmaker. He has made many great films. He's also made a few duds. This is one of his yes. duds. Um, but he always definitely like goes for a very heavy style. And he, yes. it's very clear very early that he's going for a very over-the-top style with this. And it's mm-hmm. not intended to be, I don't think, super serious, even if it had worked. I think mm-hmm. it's supposed to be really pulpy and kind of goofy. And everyone bought in on this. And unfortunately, I think the issue for me was the story wasn't nearly as like pulpy and goofy as they were trying to make it I, into I would being. agree, yeah. Yeah, and that's where it really fell flat, because there's this like really heavy style, and you have... Amy Adams, who's a great actress, who's basically on screen the entire time, and she's going for it. I'm sure Joe Wright told her to. Mm-hmm. So she's going super huge. Everyone is going super huge. And then there's just this plot that you're just like, kind of as you're saying, like, I think I can see where this is going. And it, yes. there's such a disconnect there that I'm like, you know what? A lot of people are doing their jobs actually really well. It just happens to be that the story doesn't match what they're trying to do. And that's not necessarily their fault. I think another issue for me is, you know, I was trying to think the entire time of like, what's who's a, who's a kind of director that would theoretically like make a, a movie like this? We mentioned Hitchcock. I think two other people that came to mind, David Fincher, not really so much a surprise. Even someone like Brian De Palma, who does very like hand-waving Hitchcock like uh you know tributes in his movies and like patterns entire sequences off of sequences in Hitchcock movies but I think the thing that those three um filmmakers have that's maybe missing here is a a sense of fun and a sort of um a mischievousness or a, a kind of like pulpy dark sense of humor you know Hitchcock movies are funny Brian De Palma movies, I think if you can get on their wavelength, are very funny and very satirical. David Fincher movies, I've been arguing for years and years that David Fincher movies are like secretly all comedies and are like really, really hilarious. And he just has like a a really like the sense of humor of like a child like burning an ant on <laughs> on the concrete. <laughs> and Joe Wright is not a filmmaker that for as kind of technically lavish as a lot of his films can be, whether they're, you know, typically he works in kind of costume dramas like Pride and Prejudice or Anna Karenina or um, Darkest Hour, the uh, movie Gary Oldman won an Oscar for. Um, But he doesn't have that kind of, that sort of dark sense of humor and that sort of aura of mischief and kind of playfulness that I think you you need for a movie like this in order to sort of like 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 this is a very voyeuristic movie but i never like i just kept thinking of like the brian de palma version of this movie would be so pervy and so like would just have this kind of like salacious energy to it and i just found myself kind of craving a certain kind of like dirtiness and a certain kind of just like fun naughtiness out of this movie for as 
um, kind of twisted as it wants to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the most recent example I think I can think of of what they were trying to go for was uh, perhaps um, Greta, which was a Neil Jordan movie from a couple mm. years ago with Isabelle mm-hmm. Huppert, which is very much going for the pulpy thing where like, yeah, she gets to go over the top. It gets to be super weird. And Neil Jordan is also like having a lot of fun with that and is playing into very obvious genre things. And also, I would think something like even a little more silly, uh, something like Ma from a couple of years ago. Mm, um, okay. You know, these the, these are movies with, you know, like big name women who just kind of get to go crazy on screen. And that's the joy of the movie. And I think that's really what this movie was supposed to be. It just didn't get there. And it's so bizarre to me. We're, we've kind of been talking around the script a lot. I think it's worth mentioning that Tracy Letts wrote this. And like Tracy Letts yes. is an award-winning <laughs> he's playwright, yeah, like, he, and he's written a lot of movies and very good ones. So it's like, how like we're saying the script is wrong, and somehow Tracy Letts got it wrong. Well, and I'd be interested to hear what like what the the kind of or quote unquote like original version of this was versus what we got, which is clearly like we need to go back and quote unquote fix stuff. And I'm not it. It, it sounds like it was a. a of kind of like borderline disaster either way. So I'm not necessarily saying that is like, Oh, the, the untapped version is, is clearly the, what, what we need to, we need to get the, the Tracy let's cut or the Joe Wright cut or something. But I'm just, I'm fascinated to hear like what, what were clearly, did they think the problems were before? And I think in talking about this movie with so many people this past weekend, because I, I know a lot of people who watch it just because it's on Netflix I think everyone seems to kind of come to the same conclusion of there, there's just something fundamentally like at, at the starting line of when they stopped it, whether it's the book it was based on was not very good, whether it was, these are maybe like the the wrong people to be making this kind of movie. Um, I, wherever it is, I think everyone seems to kind of fall back on, this was a flawed experiment to begin with. And there's probably no amount of tinkering that could have fixed, fixed it is this was sort of a doom project from inception. You know, uh, there was a moment in the movie, uh, you know, I, kind of like you, I was going with it at the beginning and then I got to the middle point and I was like, this isn't getting as weird as I want it to be. And I, I want mm. it to go weirder. And then right towards the end, uh, there was a moment where I thought it was going to zig and it zagged instead. And I was like, if it had zigged and gone where I wanted it to go, mm-hmm. which would have been really weird. And I don't know if they could have even possibly explained it, but I still would have loved it. I would have gotten back in and this movie would have kind of worked for me overall, even if it had sagged in the middle. So maybe it was an issue of just the book was fundamentally flawed. Maybe they should have changed the ending. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 uh, that's interesting. I don't, I don't, I don't even know. And I mean, um, you know, you mentioning the style and kind of Joe Wright style. I think even I was craving more style. I, I, I personally had a reaction of like at the end of the movie, like you've got this whole house and I, I almost wish this movie had gone like speaking of uh, David Fincher earlier, something in the way of like Panic Room and like Panic Room is not, I think, a great movie. I don't even think it's David Fincher's best movie or anywhere close to his best movie. But that movie, he is clearly having a lot of fun in. I'm just going to do all these kind of crazy, impossible like camera tricks and 
like zoom through coffee pots and stuff in order to kind of like use this very confined space or Hitchcock with rear window. Like you, you pretty much stay in Jimmy Stewart's apartment, but Hitchcock like builds this entire world outside and you are always in that, that voyeuristic perspective as opposed to this, which is just sort of like the single set. And then there's just like people like randomly just like bumbling in and out. Like all of a sudden Amy Adams will just like turn over and like Gary Oldman is like barking at her of just like, you don't know my wife or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) And, and so I, I, I was almost even craving more, more style of just like go crazy, Joe. Right. Like you, you have this kind of like, like I know, you love to show off just go buck wild inside this very confined space project weird stuff on the walls do weird camera movements move walls have cars show up in more random (laughs) that that's that's a shot from the trailer i don't think i'm spoiling anything that there's a bit where amy adams turns around and there's like a car in her living room or something but like do more of that stuff as opposed to but I, i i was sort of lacking of it and there felt something kind of static about the environment that other filmmakers doing similar kinds of movies have had more fun in those confined spaces i mean it's interesting as you bring up panic room i was just thinking um you know joe wright is just constantly stealing from people in this movie why did he not steal the tracking shot from panic room and do something fun with that because like if anything that joe wright is known for it's a great tracking shot so why didn't he rip off the panic room tracking shot and do something even like weirder with the new technology that he could update it with well i I suppose it's because he would have had to do it digitally and that wouldn't be a show-offy enough thing for him but um Anyway, I don't I don't have too much more to add about Woman in the Window. Um, it's here, I guess. It's been kind of amusing to like read everyone else's reactions of sort of like, oh, well, yeah, no, they weren't kidding about this one. So um, I don't know. I think everyone will survive this incident. Yeah. I mean, I will say I would not mind a whole movie of just like Amy Adams drunkenly watching old movies on a couch, which happens a fair amount in this movie. Like, I found that funny. I mean, have you seen Sharp Objects? I mean, that's that's not too far off from um, I I thought it was actually funny um, at Adam Naiman uh, at the ringer, like in his review kind of pointed out this sort of wraps up like in a trilogy of Amy Adams as like a, a pill popping, like drug abused woman kind of uh losing her grip on reality with you know the much maligned hillbilly elegy last last fall and then um sharp objects which i i actually think she's terrific in that show even if that show is like a really really tough hang oh yeah i think sharp objects is a favorite of mine and she is amazing in it so she can do this character but she was i think told to take this character in a very different direction than that many series was doing yes um well let's talk about uh let's talk about angelina jolie for a little bit and let's let's talk about those who wish me dead um what what do you kind of think about angelina jolie because i i was sort of struck watching this movie which i think is i'm i'm sort of mixed on i think you like it a little bit more than i do but i was just struck the entire time of like and this is going to sound really stupid but i was just like Angelina Jolie is a movie star and of just like that that is like saying like water is wet but you know I think it's because Angelina Jolie has not been in many movies in the last decade like I think 
other than the Maleficent movies. Like has, most of her work has been directing, I believe. And so I, I don't know. I think for me, what pleasure I did get out of this movie was sort of like, oh yeah, she she just is like a natural movie star and has this this effortless charisma about her and can just sort of hold the screen doing nothing. Um, I don't know. What are, what are kind of your feelings about Jolie? And feel free to talk about the movie at large as well. I mean, Jolie, kind of as you're saying, the, the thing that always strikes you is, oh, she is, she is a movie star. And part of that, I think, is really striking in this thing is because they're trying to play that down really hard. She's mm-hmm. supposedly playing the smoke jumper that is very troubled. So, like, you know, she's in, like, outdoorsy gear and things, and she's, like, all messed up and she gets injuries and she's scraped with mud and all this stuff so they're really trying to play down that like movie star quality but it just keeps shining through and it just keeps happening and it's something that was really similar to what we talk later i think about mayor beast town that keeps happening with kate winslet in that miniseries yes too, where they're yes. trying to dress her down but it's like these people are movie stars and like they just radiate that thing where i have to pay attention to them so closely no matter if you're putting them in like sweatshirts or not yeah, so th- this movie we should mention is kind of the latest Warner Brothers HBO Max simultaneous release. Um, it's directed by Taylor Sheridan, who most people, I think, probably know for writing the Sicario movies and Hell or High Water, um, as well as the creator of the show Yellowstone, which I do not watch but understand is like insanely popular on TV. Like that apparently like a lot of people watch that show. Um And this kind of really felt to me like, you know, if we're talking about this kind of starting summer movie season, this felt like a throwback to another era of of summer movies. Like, this feels like a summer movie that would have come out in, like, 1993. You know what I mean? And, like you said, Jolie plays a the leader of this firefighter group they're they're kind of para jumpers and go in and help put out forest fires she is grappling with this traumatic incident um from a few years back where she lost several members of her crew due to like a a, a simple mistake and this kind of becomes this weird sort of like genre mishmash of at one point it's an action movie at one point it's kind of a disaster movie the action movie comes with there she comes in across a a young boy whose father is being hunt down by uh two very merciless hitmen <laughs> played by aiden gillen and nicholas holt and now those hitmen are after the boy and Angelina Jolie's got to protect him. But then the hitmen set fire to the forest. So then there's a forest fire going on. And I, 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 I was entertained the entire time. And I, I think I enjoyed seeing Jolie back in movie star mode again. I think my reservations are maybe wanting the movie to be a little bit longer and I think a little bit longer to kind of give it a little breathing room, you know, something I thought about in kind of action movies of this similar kind of like nineties era that this sort of feels a part of is Terminator two, which I rewatched a couple months ago and how James Cameron kind of gives time in that movie to kind of build this relationship between Schwarzenegger and the kid and to the point of like when 
there's danger and sacrifice happening later in that movie. Like, like this feels like this very sweet, genuine relationship. And I was, I was missing some of that. And I think once this movie kind of, once all the pieces are sort of together, the movie has sort of like gone where it needs to go. Like it both thematic, both like relationship wise, as well as kind of geographically, like I, I almost could have gone with 15 more minutes of, Jolie and this kid just kind of like wandering around in this national park dodging these hitmen or dodging fires and sort of them building up a relationship from there but I missing that I I was sort of like this is I I don't know I I left the movie more mixed but I think my positive stuff is just sort of the fun of seeing Jolie kind of back in a big flashy movie star role right and I, I I, I have reservations about this movie as well. And, and part of it, I think, is a marketing issue where they mm-hmm. were splashing Angelina Jolie up front and everything. I think it's much more an ensemble piece than the marketing clearly let out. Yeah. I mean, you we were didn't spending... mention John Berthal at all. <laughs> yeah. Who I mean, has, has yeah. significant part in this movie as well <laughs> yeah i mean you have you spend a lot of time with those two assassins kind of going about their business which mm-hmm. is very interesting like it's not a bad thing that they're taking time away from angelina jolie necessarily uh i i like i said i think aiden gill and nicholas holt are just super cold and kind of deadpan funny in a way they are some yeah. bad motherfuckers and there's like yeah. like two of the more kind of just like no nonsense purely evil characters that i have seen in a movie in the last few years yeah like i'm kind of a process nerd so they're basically doing like process nerd assassin stuff which i was fine watching that i was perfectly fine watching that i was perfectly fine watching the angelina jolie storyline with the kid and i was perfectly fine watching kind of the other storyline which is with john bernthal as a local sheriff and his very pregnant wife, um, kind of getting caught up with these assassins and trying to fend them off. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as much as the marketing push Angelina Jolie, the movie clearly never necessarily put her front and center. It was always, I think, much more of an ensemble. But I don't think structurally all of those elements are balanced as well as they should have been. I think we're again, I would, I would again get back to a script issue. Kind of as you're saying, you wanted more time with it. I really wanted more time with the Angelina Jolie storyline. Because as mm-hmm. much as she is like, it's fun to watch her. She's always engaging as a performer. They don't build out the relationship with the kid. They don't build out kind of this haunted past that she has that's eating away at her. And yeah. they... I think most fundamentally, she doesn't actually do much. Like, basically, her storyline with the kid right. is, let's go over to the town. Nope, we can't. There's a fire. Let's go back. And that's like their exactly. entire Exactly. That's, that's why I was kind of like, maybe a more interesting version of this movie would be to kind of just, you know, have this sort of chase happening in the in the forest and in the national park or just like i'm imagining a version of this where they they have to like jump off a cliff that's got a waterfall or something like like a uh, fugitive style into like a river or something like I, I i'm not necessarily needing this to be like a fully more more original movie but i'm fine with it being this this kind of like uh somewhat cliched copy of like an old a, 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 another era's kind of summer action movie but yeah, I, I I just agree with you of I think 
the Jolie character and that relationship with her and the kid just needs more breathing room. And this movie's so clearly trying to give her this like redemptive arc that because once the kid comes into it, they pretty much are just up in that tower until the end of the movie. <laughs> There's like one action sequence that happens after. And then like, I, I was surprised when we got to the end, I was like, wait, that's, that's it. Wait, how long is this movie? And I, I don't, I, yeah, I, I agree with pretty much everything you just said. I mean, to make up for that kind of lacking is you do get one really badass character, which is unexpectedly the pregnant woman. That's who is true, like, yes. I was like, actually, I think the kid would be better off with her than with Angelina Jolie in this case. Because it right. turns out that, like, I think it's implied that she, like, runs a survival school at some point. So she's like, so the assassins show up at her house and she basically fends them off and then chases after them on a horse because Taylor Sheridan loves his Westerns and he has to put a little Western yes. in here. So I mean, <laughs> ultimately, this is kind of a Western at the at, at the end of the day. I mean, I, another thing I was thinking about and so much of this was thinking about Jolie in the movie and there is kind of I, I, I think the way she kind of glides through this movie is very reminiscent of kind of an old school Western character, whether it be a, like a Clint Eastwood or a John Wayne or a Henry Fonda. There's just this sort of like laid back energy to her that um, is, is not, there's nothing performative or nothing stressing. It's just sort of existing. It's just sort of like that. There are just even like a couple shots of her just sort of like, you know slouched in a chair or something and it's, you're just like it's a movie star right there and um it, i mean i mean taylor sheridan i think is someone who envisions himself as sort of the the torchbearer for this like very specific kind of like western masculine kind of americana cinema and all of his movies to to some extent i think can be viewed as you know modern westerns and this does have you know i i could easily see a version of this movie that has like clint eastwood in an old west town and there's some kid that he's having to protect against the you know he's maybe like the drunken gunslinger and there's these like men in black hats who come into the town and are trying to get this kid but instead of that we get angelina jolie up in this fire tower and the, the uh you know these two hitmen and they're like men in black suits and machine guns coming to get them for sure sheridan wants to like keep westerns alive or a very kind of mm -hmm. very old school influence type of western going back to the gunslingers versus right. i think other people are doing very different things with the western right now and they've kind of won out i mean Chloe Zhao, I would argue, is doing what the modern Western uh, is really yes, becoming, yes. and she just won an Oscar for it. So, but I mean, there is a place for what Sheridan is trying to do, and people have done it very successfully. And specifically, that storyline with Angelina Jolie and a kid pairing, kind of the troubled older person who's really good at their job, and, but you know, their job brings them a lot of troubles, and then pairing them with a kid so they get a redemptive arc is a classic Western trope. And it's one that's been updated very recently, particularly in Logan, which... Yes, was, oh my yeah. goodness, how, <laughs> how could I... That's I like, another perfect example of this, like, same exact, like, kind of uh, story. 
Yeah, I was like, that's how you do kind of the modern Western if you're wanting to do that storyline. I think Logan did that very well. I'm also an X-Men nerd, so I love Logan. But I do do think that does that plot line very well in a modern setting, and that's all they had to do. Yeah, I agree. I was was just about to say, like, that that is another example of a movie that I think gives gives the relationship between this this kind of disgraced hero who needs a redemption arc and this this kid they are sort of like reluctantly tasked to protect but but you know giving it the breathing room and making it this 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 sort of road movie journey giving at least a bit of a journey to it as opposed to this movie, which just sort of feels like the kid shows up and Angelina Jolie is like, what's happening? And then the hitmen are there. And then it's sort of like, surprise, it's the climax of the movie. <laughs> you got 15 minutes left. That's basically the only time she's actually super helpful is like in that 15 minutes. And I mean, the weirdest thing to me and the weirdest thing that really stuck out to me as a structural issue is that even in the climax, like her skill set as a firefighter isn't really relevant how do you how do you miss that like she should like the when the final battle happens the fact that she's a firefighter should be important that feels like a basic storytelling element that they just totally missed yeah there's also just like we meet like five or six other firefighters at the beginning and i'm i was thinking like oh so they're gonna like come in and help them again and then they come in at the the very end after like everything's been solved and then they just sort of fly in and fly in or like what's up everybody who's this kid <laughs> um but i think i think we are being you know i i think we're pointing out a lot of the film's faults and i think you know from what i'm hearing from you you kind of overall were like it was fine or it was okay and i was like i'm kind of the same way like i i don't want it i don't want it to come off like we think this is a disaster on the same level as no, in the no, window because this is a much not. better <laughs> movie like kind of as you were saying like scene to scene this is very interesting movie things you know things flow fairly well nothing i'm not getting caught and bored at any point there's always something going on with all of these characters running around basically in the woods in montana trying to find each other and kill each other um that's interesting and it's all staged very well and it's it so, so it works in the moment it's just kind of i think after you step away from it you're like that ending didn't hit as hard and here's all the reasons that i can see now why no yeah and you're right it it totally sort of like you know you can feel even with like the you know the the slow country song that comes in and and jolie's looking at the kid like it's it's supposed to be this very like sweet very emotional kind of ending and um it it the movie has sort of not done the work to kind of earn that that moment um but but yeah i think the best way i could kind of just like describe this movie to anyone who is is maybe curious about whether or not they should check it out is like this is the kind of movie that you would see playing on like playing at like 3 p.m on tnt on a saturday and you just kind of watch like 15 20 minutes of it before you gotta like get ready to go out to dinner or or something like that or you're just sort of like i i got some i got like 30 minutes to kill before i need to go um do this other thing this afternoon and and that's that's this kind of movie is this feels like the kind of uh like saturday afternoon cable kind of like half watch sort of movie and i think sheridan wanted it to be more than that but that's how it ended up and Mm -hmm. there's a place for these movies and that's okay um 
unfortunately, I do think Sheridan kind of looking at his career needed more than that from this movie. Mm-hmm. I think his career, it seems to be sliding down instead of kind of going on the uphill. You mentioned he did the show Yellowstone. It's apparently very popular. I have not seen it either. I, uh, I yes. I guess that's a hit, but I think that's a hit with a very specific demographic. His movies have been going downhill, and I think this is kind of continuing his slow slide down. Yeah, I I, I know I really liked Sicario. I thought Hell or High Water was good. I thought, um, what's the Jeremy Renner, Elizabeth Olsen one? Where Wind like- River. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought that was fine. And then I, I, Christy and I kind of talked about this a few weeks ago. I kind of like detested the Sicario sequel and thought it was just like a total misunderstanding about what worked in the the first one. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, he is clearly someone that, you know, I think the success of the Yellowstone show, he, I know he has a couple other TV projects in the work. He is clearly someone who in, enough people in Hollywood have sort of like pinpointed as like this guy is a recipe for success or th- this guy can tap into a a very specific demographic that is is hungry for this kind of um, kind of modern setting, but sort of like old school Western sensibility to it, which, you know, all, all the power to him if he's like carved out that lane for himself. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are not able to carve out something that specific as he has. Um, I think, unfortunately, his earlier movies kind of had a little bit more ambition to them. And now Mm -hmm. he's kind of, maybe he's going to lose everyone outside of that core demographic that he appeals to. So we got some time now. Let's talk about um, Mare of Easttown on HBO, which, um, how many episodes have aired this? It's, it's. Four, I believe, as we're recording, the fifth one is going to air tonight. Yes, I believe that's right. Okay, so this is uh, obviously HBO series starring Kate Winslet. Um, it is, you know, I think got uh, for those who watch prestige TV, this has kind of a familiar story formula. A a small town. There is a the murder of a young girl. There is um mysteries that people are are sort of hiding they have skeletons in their closet there is the detective who is a a a, a bit of a mess and kind of needs to work through their own personal demons as well as solve this case and so it's 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 nothing revolutionary to tv but i find myself really enjoying it um i don't know about you i'm i'm fascinated to hear what you think but what I'm really enjoying about it is first and foremost Winslet who remains just like one of the best actresses of her generation. And is, I think his, you're just seeing what a great actor can do with a character and with kind of the freedom to just sort of figure out every little detail about this character. I've been so, I've been just like devouring interviews with her talking about, the process of making this and her going down to like specifics of like, I wanted to figure out like what kind of beer she drank, like of uh, just sort of being like, is she like, th- this is apparently like very important in uh 
Pennsylvania where the show is set. Like, are you a yingling person or a rolling rock person? <laughs> and of her being like, Mare is a rolling rock person. And so not only are you seeing what a great actor can do with the freedom to kind of help create a character in of themselves and sort of fully bring this like four-dimensional being <laughs> to life. Um, but also I'm just enjoying that the world this show creates is so specific. And you you mentioned earlier being kind of uh, a, a fan of process in entertainment. And I'm I'm someone who's a real big fan of I'm going to say um, specificity in a world because I think it's different than world building, but it is a kind of world building. You know, it's the thing of like when you're watching Goodfellas, everything down to like, which is my favorite movie ever. And every, I always talk to people about like, my favorite thing about it is like every interaction, everything people say to each other, how they dress, how the food is prepared, the, the decor they have in their homes, the cars they drive, the, the music they listen to, it all feels pulled from a very specific experience and of just sort of like that there are real people who are like this and everyone involved in this movie is sort of pulling on their own personal experience of like, yes, this, this is how the women talk in the, the beauty shop. This is what it's like to be at like an Italian dinner and this has that for this like small little like Pennsylvania town where the show is, is it just sort of feels like such this fully realized world and all the customs and the interactions and what people are eating, what they're drinking, what they're talking about, the clothes they wear. It all just feels right. And it feels like a world that is so perfectly captured, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we're coming in to talk about the series at a very interesting time because as someone who watches a lot of these kinds of shows, because I like mm -hmm. them a lot, I'm kind of used to the layout of an entire miniseries of this, which is basically yeah. what this is doing. It did the hit really heavy on the like murder mystery early on in the first episode. And then you get into the middle section where it's basically just like exactly what you're describing, what you're loving about it right now. And the same as me, that's what I'm loving about it is kind of like, okay, let's dig into this environment and this culture that we're in and these people that are populating this town and, you know, eventually they're going to have to wrap up the murder mystery and that's going to get more and more time. But right, right now in the middle of the show, we're really just digging in and spending time with these characters, which, as you're saying, is so wonderfully laid out. The guy who created this, Brad Inglesby, I believe is from the area. And perhaps that's why he was like, this is a very specific yeah. area that we need to, that hasn't really was, been captured. I was like, he yeah. has to be from this part of the country. It's just like... <laughs> Yeah, because so I mean, specific. it is very specific because like you mentioned like the beer thing. I didn't know about that. But I think mm -hmm. the, the thing that you will immediately notice when watching the show is that there's a very specific accent that everyone is doing. Oh, yes. I can't even I can't even put up my finger on what exactly is different about it. But I'm just like, there's an accent going on here. And it's very pronounced and very like I, I do not recognize anyone that I know of that talks like that. So it must be very regionally specific to do this mm -hmm. accent. Uh and they all seem to be consistent with each other. So I think they're all doing it well, so, but yeah. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm not from that part of the country, but, but you know, I, I, I am, I have met people from this part of, I, I know people from this part of the country and know that 
that X, it's it's like something with the O's of like it like it's not water, it's water, and you know it's not a hoagie, it's a. I'm not gonna. Even, I don't want the Pennsylvania <laughs> people to come after me on this, but yes, yes. I the accents are another like perfect little addition, and um, I I have heard, um, you know, there's another podcast I listen to that the hosts are like from this part of the uh of the country, and they were like, she she's got the accent down pat like that's exactly how it is as you would expect from winslet because and i i mean right i mean she is one of the best actresses working out there right now uh i don't think anyone argues that at this point Uh, and and it has been since like the nine since she was like 23 (laughs) it's like insane of like during uh i hate to interrupt but even just like uh oh what is the movie called it's the heavenly creatures the peter jackson movie she she's in and like i watched that during quarantine this past year and was just like oh my god like this this woman just like came out of the womb just this like incredible actress of she's so young in that movie but is it it is just like has such command and is, is such authority over the screen and is just able to like blow everyone off even in the, the like the the ang lee pride and prejudice movie i mean she's this I, it's just crazy how good she's been for so long and that she was so young when she kind of hit the scene even be- like before titanic people were like this this woman is the the next big thing for sure and i and i mean as much as I think everyone who even vaguely follows movies has seen a ton of Kate Winslet movies and recognizes how great she is, she basically does movies. Mm-hmm. She, th- this is one of, one of, if not her first, foray into television or into miniseries. Yeah, and- she's done a, a couple HBO series before, I believe. Um, I'm trying to think of, of some of them. Keep going. I'm going to look up yeah. what, what some but of just these like, other HBO series she was on. I, I think the nice thing about that is she's always done this level of character work, but because she works primarily in movies, we're not able to see the depth that she's able to dig into over an entire miniseries like we're able to see here. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, the thing that's really been popping the whole time is kind of her family and her home life. And the way, uh, specifically the way her family is set up is that uh, she has a teenage daughter. Her mother is living with her as well because she's also taking care of her grandson. And her mother just is a hilarious Gene Smart. Yeah, just yeah. my my other favorite thing about the show is just Gene yeah. Smart's just like side comments. So you have basically these three women who are kind of t- sharing running this household. Even the teenager is an older teenager is very involved in trying to take care of this little boy and trying to keep everyone on the rails because they're all kind of in their own way, spiraling off and uh, are having their own problems. And I think the way that the three of them interact and a kind of spar with each other and also, you know, in a kind of prickly way, support each other is something mm-hmm. that feels very true to families in general and maybe a family in this particular situation in this particular place. And I don't know how they did it. You said, Gene Smart, the casting of this entire show but specifically those three parts is just pitch perfect i mean gene Mm -hmm. smart is so funny as the mom and it's just so fed up with everything kate winslet is doing (laughs) and then you have and gowrie rice who is 
an actress who has been around and i think you've probably seen another thing she was the girl mm-hmm. and the nice guy is what i always yes. remember i think she's also in some of the spider-man movies but i literally cannot place what part she, she is in that. she is she's like um the like school announcement kid or something okay. i believe um, i just kept seeing her pop up as that center credits and i was like i don't remember her being in those movies at all and i've seen both of them so clearly she doesn't have a big part but i mean this is was a really the first time she's kind of had a something more of a showcasey role and it mm-hmm. wasn't something i was anticipating from early on in the episodes i was expecting her to be basically you know the kind of annoying teenage daughter but it, that part really has grown into something much more within the series and she's been really been the person that has popped out as like oh, this is like, this is a fine. This is someone I need to pay attention to going forward. And it's really reminded me of what happened with uh, when I was watching Brie Larson in uh, United States of Terra. I was not expecting mm. the teenage daughter in that show to really pop because she's going to be uh, kind of overdone by um, the lead role. But again, and Gowrie Rice, for some reason, is just popping to me in this show and is holding her own against Kate Winslet and Jean Smart in this kind of strange dynamic of a family. So I, I looked up what the, uh, the the she was on Mildred Pierce, that uh, miniseries for for HBO. Um, do you I guess before we we kind of wrap up, do you have a a favorite Winslet performance? Oh man, there is so many. I don't, <laughs> I don't even think about it like that. I do think you mentioned Heavenly Creatures earlier, and I just think that is such a particular movie. And she was so young to pull that off so well. Mm-hmm. It is is really a striking thing to be able to do. I also am a person who always sticks up for Titanic. I think Titanic is a great movie. I think her I mean... role in that is actually really hard. Like, yeah. you should hate that character, but you don't. And I think that's because of her. I, I you, you could just tell from very early on with her that she was just nailing every single role that she does. This is a pro-Titanic podcast, which means we are on the right side of history and shame on all. But I, I had a friend in high school who was like, there's two kinds of people out there in the world, people who love Titanic and those who are too afraid to admit that they love Titanic as well. Um, I, I was going to, to recommend, um, little children from 2006. I think she's really good in, um, as well as I, I I have to admit, I am not a fan of this next movie. I'm in the minority. I really like actively dislike it. Um, but I think she's pretty great in revolutionary road with, with her other collaboration with DiCaprio. Um, again, a movie I've like hard roll my eyes at anytime i see anything from it but she she is fantastic in it and i think is like giving that movie the right kind of dramatic nuance that no one else is (laughs) everyone is going very big in that movie and everything is very dramatic very (laughs) (laughs) the suburbs yes (laughs) um but yeah i mean you know kind of getting outside of Kate Winslet in terms of Mayor of Easttown, I think we should touch on a little bit more on what's going on with the murder mystery, even though, you know, perhaps that's not our favorite part of this. And um, that is my one reservation with where this is going. Again, we're at the midpoint, but I feel like it's already taking a few turns. And I was like, I don't know if I buy that that would be what happens. There's a specific thing that happens. There's a decision Kate Winslet's character makes that she's already made. And I was like, 
I don't think she would do that. I was like, I don't, I don't buy that. And that's kind of giving me a little hesitation, but again, we're in the middle of the series as we record this. So maybe it will work itself out. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. I'm, I, the, the murder mystery aspect of it is so just kind of in the back burner of my mind as I'm watching it. And really it's, it's, it's a very similar experience to when I watched the, the first season of big little lies and like got to the end of it and it was like, Oh yeah, there's like a whole murder thing that we've been like flashing forward to that's supposed to be happening. I've just been caught up with just like who's sleeping with who in this like beat little beachside town. And just like that, that is more interested than me than whoever is, is going to die or something like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> the nice thing about the murder mystery, I will say, is that it does bring in Evans Peters char- Evan Peters character, who uh, is kind of a younger detective that is brought in to pair mm-hmm. with Kate Winslet's because he's apparently like the hotshot guy who just solves some big case, so he can come in and solve this one. Yeah, and I think they just have really great chemistry together. They uh, they do. I've I've never been a huge. I mean. I don't want to say it. I, I I don't have anything bad to say about him. He's just been like one of the. I don't know if you have any of these actors for you where you're just sort of like that's a person. Like I like I just like don't have a read on him or anything. But um, yeah, him and and Winslet have really wonderful chemistry together. And you know I don't think it's a spoiler, but like the scene where they're both drunk at the bar and he's like kind of hitting on her. I was just like, man, these these two crazy kids are right here. I just love it. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think I'm kind of the same with him. I've never really taken to him. I, I've not disliked him. He's just kind yeah. of been a person that's there. Uh, but he's, I think it's because he's kind of getting to play an actual adult. And I haven't seen him play like a real adult just doing normal adult things. Like he's always been caught up in like, what is it? American Horror Story. He does a bunch of those. And he does like, he does the X-Men movies. And it's like, I was about he's to say, not getting he's to play like a... X-Men? Yeah, he's like the new Quicksilver or whatever. Okay, that's, that's uh, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's that guy. Which is, again, like, I think he's supposed to be playing a teenager in that. But, like, mm-hmm. he doesn't get to play many just, like, straightforward adults that I've seen him do. This is kind of the first time I can think of him playing that. And I'm really surprised at how good he is at it. And how he's kind of, like, bringing this chipper energy without being annoying about it. Which I think is a difficult thing to pull off. Well... I think we both highly recommend anyone check out Mary V's Town. I think we've kind of tried to stay too far away from spoilers just for people to kind of catch up on the the series. But um, Emily, thank you so much for for stopping by this week and um, discussing these these new movies. Is there any any new things you've written on the site that you can kind of uh, promote for us? This is your this is your chance to do some self promotion right here. Uh, I haven't unfortunately done a whole lot of writing on Film Inquiry. I have been writing on my own site. I did a full review of Those Who Wish Me Dead. Uh, you can check that out. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. And then I was planning to come on here. I was trying to crunch these all in and trying to keep yeah. up with Mara Beast Town. <laughs> well, we thank you again for for stopping by. Uh, tune in next week. Um, going to likely be discussing Zack Snyder again um as we talk about army of the dead uh maybe get around to underground railroad at some point um a lot of stuff coming out now (laughs) there's a lot of stuff on the calendar so definitely uh 
hit subscribe if you're not subscribed already to the latest and just check out uh, all the wonderful writing happening on filminquiry.com. 